0: To another episode of the Credential Report. I'm your host, Michael Mulford, lead Mavericks editor at Dallas Sports Fanatic. Here with my two co hosts, Selena Sixtos, Wings editor at Dallas Sports Fanatic, and Corey Douglas, Mavs and Cowboys staff writer. What's up, guys? What's going womp, on, womp, man? Womp. What's up with the Wamps?
1: Not a good Monday.
0: I mean, Monday the Mav- Blues. The Mavs won yesterday. It's a great Monday. Good. Lucas, Western yeah. Commerce Player of the Week. Yeah, it's been a fantastic Monday. Start of let's Thanksgiving make, week.
1: Let's make this yeah. a Mavs podcast. Solely Mavs <laughs> today.
0: We can get to the Mavs later. Um, but, of course, Cowboys, Patriots, um, the monsoon of the century up in Foxborough. Final score, of what, 13 to 9?
1: It was ugly 13-9 Yeah
0: I mean I he think we
2: Touchdown
0: I think we figured it was going to be a Like a low scoring Pretty pretty ugly game But, but man I mean that rain was Was nasty and, and so was the play Of the Cowboys
1: Yeah for literally the majority Of the time like the camera Was even blurry most of the time yeah. <laughs> like, That's how windy yeah. and rainy It was
2: and I feel like the Cowboys kind of play like they had never seen rain before. Um, like they, dad didn't have his glove, you know, took him to what midway through the second quarter to actually put a glove on. Yeah. Like, maybe this is a, a good idea because I can't like the one misthrow he had to Cobb was, I mean, that was awful. Um, and then, um, you know, the big conversation that came out today was, um, you know, they practiced indoors last Thursday and Friday when they could have went outside to, kind of get themselves accustomed to the rain um so that's I mean that's another big um mistake that the coaching the Cowboys coaches have made this year
1: yeah you know what I so I was thinking about that I was thinking about the whole play in the type of weather practicing the type of weather that you want to play in but uh, maybe it was just me but I immediately started thinking about my Mexican mother who (laughs) freaks out if I go like Out in like ugly weather, especially like you know, and just like them in football gear. So, would you run the risk of like players being unhealthy, catching a cold, not feeling well, just to like have that game two, three days later? Like, I feel like that's more of a risk than,
2: yeah, I I do think that's a fair point. Yeah, I feel like that's a fair point because a lot of the players were going through flu-like symptoms and having colds. And, you know, they gave Dak medicine um, just to as a precautionary thing late in the week just to be sure he didn't come down with anything. Um, So, I mean, it's a fair point. Um, The way I take it is that I just think it's another week where the Cowboys uh, coaches didn't have the players prepared. Um, But I'm not going to go over the top um, of killing Garrett for that decision. Just because there's plenty of plenty of other things that you can kill him for um and i'm sure we'll touch on a lot of that during this podcast
0: yeah i think the biggest thing was it was raining so hard that that belichick had to put a jacket on
1: yeah instead of just (laughs) that was like the highlight (laughs) (laughs) they had they had like a still frame of like the transition of belichick no jacket jacket like it was a whole thing (laughs) on the tv
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that, the
2: first time they put the camera on him. They, he had his beanie on, and next time they showed him, he had a full fledge on hoodie on.
0: Yeah, I mean, that weather was so bad that, I mean, you could say that it was a lot of Stephon Gilmore because um, he is, a, you know, one of the top corners in the league. But but Coop, man, he just could not get it going. That weather was, was terrible for Dak to throw in. Like you mentioned, he had to throw a glove on um, that he's obviously not – Used to playing with and throwing with, but yeah, Cooper was really just a, a non factor out there.
2: And Two I targets, that, no catches, no yards.
1: I feel like all of our receivers struggled a little bit, but there's just that emphasis inf- that emphasis on Cooper. But like, man, if you think about it, like Dak is struggling that hard to ju- just just to you know throw the ball. Imagine having to look up into the the sky and look for the ball, like in mm-hmm. the midst of all that rain.
2: Yeah, and then another thing that's kind of weird that's kind of come to my attention lately is Amari Cooper on the road versus Amari Cooper at home. There is a big difference between those two things. And it's kind of bizarre because, you know, Cooper has, I feel like he's emerged as one of the best receivers in the league, Um, but he doesn't play well on the road.
0: Yeah, it's a weird stat. You know, I feel like in, like, basketball you could see that you know it's such a you know close kind of intimate um arena Uh, maybe for a quarterback with the crowd noise but for a receiver not playing well you know having that much of a difference from a home game to an away game it's it's pretty odd
2: yeah it's very strange so I'm just looking at some of his road games this year like as far as the official numbers um so at Washington he had four catches 44 yards and a touchdown Which, I mean, it's not bad, Um, but, you know, Amari Cooper's had 11 catches for 147 yards, 11 catches for 226 yards at home. Um, And then at New Orleans, he had five catches for 48 yards. Uh, The Jets, of course, he didn't. He went out, I think, I believe, after three snaps. So he had one catch for three yards. At New York, four for 80 and a touchdown, which, again, it's not a bad line. Uh, But then the last two weeks at Detroit, three catches, 38 yards. And then yesterday, like I said, no catches, uh, only two targets. Um, so it's, it's just bizarre.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the talk today was was really all about Jerry Jones's comments um, about the coaching and Jason Garrett and special teams. You know, you obviously, you know, after losses, you'll see Jerry, you know, be, you know, disappointed. But you know, he really kind of got after, you know, Garrett and the coaching staff and expressed his his disappointment and his really his frustration um you know special teams clearly had some had some mishaps and you know the block punt and um you know the the kickoff return that the guys let bounce i mean it was just all those penalties those three penalties on the punt i mean it was just a terrible game for for the special teams and and you know garrett has to wear that on his sleeve
2: Yeah, so I think the, I've come to this conclusion. Um, So as we all know, the Cowboys are 0-4 against teams with winning records this year. And to me, that says the Cowboys talent is enough or is good enough to beat bad teams off talent alone. But the coaching is not good enough to beat the better teams with decent to great coaching. Um, So I think that's my biggest takeaway um, from kind of that 0-4 against winning team stats. It's just the coaching is just not good enough to elevate um, when the Cowboys are going against better talent.
1: It was, it's it's crazy because yes, um, Jason Garrett has obviously been taking a lot of heat these past few games, you know, for coaching decisions, lack of accountability, all of that great stuff. But when you look at it from a different perspective as you know here's jason garrett been consistently on the hot seat for weeks now going into one of the greatest coaches like of all time like that's that's a big comparison that's a big leap so i don't know i felt like obviously there were there was accountability there on behalf of the coaches but i feel like maybe it's a little bit of a It's like a disadvantage, I guess, in a way. Because, I mean, that mismatch between coaches alone, it's like, it it speaks levels. You know, Bill Belichick, Jason Garrett, just two completely different coaches, completely different record styles, all of that. So just to expect Jason Garrett to go in there and be pinned against Bill Belichick alone was just kind of like, come on. Really?
0: I mean, you look at the the rosters, I feel like the Cowboys probably have, you know, from, you know, from player one to player 53, a more talented roster than the Pats and a more talented roster than, than most teams in the league. But, you know, when you, you know, partner that with Jason Garrett and, you know, it just, it just doesn't work out. I mean, Jason, uh, Jerry Jones said after the game, this is very frustrating. It's frustrating just to be reminded that some of the fundamentals of football and coaching were what beat us out there today, with the makeup of this team, I shouldn't be this frustrated. So that was obviously a direct shot at Jason Garrett and a direct shot at the coaching staff. Um, so I mean, this is one of the best rosters that the Cowboys have had in Garrett's you know tenure as head coach, and for them to be sitting at six and five, you know, barely hanging on to the division, and lucky that the Eagles you know are so mediocre this year. I mean, it's, it says a lot to do with, with Garrett and, you know, his future, you know, with the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, Gary's been very vocal, um, you know, after the Minnesota game. You know, he praised Mike Zimmer up and down, just saying, you know, he really came in, and uh, they really uh, made it a point of emphasis to take away Zeke in that game. And then yesterday, like you said, he, I mean, he was gushing over Bill Belichick, and I think he's – it feels like he's laying the groundwork um, for a coaching change after the season. Um, I feel like he's starting to finally see what's going on with the coaching and how big of a disadvantage they are at week in and week out. Um, not just against Bill Belichick, but against pretty much every coach he lines up against, he's getting out Um, And I think, for me, Jerry's words at this point are kind of empty to me. Um, I feel like uh, the groundwork or – you could have made a legit argument to that Garrett should have been gone after 2013 coming off three straight eight and eight seasons. Um, so now we're here in 2019 about to be 2020 and you're still having the same issues you were having back, you know, when you were having those eight and eight seasons. So it just, I mean, his words are kind of empty to me at this point, but I do feel like finally uh, the groundwork's being laid for a change.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I just don't want to get excited about it. And yeah, his words are pretty empty because up until this point, it's been, you know, slightly praising Jason Garrett. Like we went from thinking there's no way this guy is getting rid of Jason Garrett to where "Eh, maybe so that's an improvement, I guess, but it's just, I don't know if there's any meat to that.
0: Well, Jane, Jane Slater posted this um, about two hours ago on social media. Um, two things is that since 2011, Garrett is one of seven head coaches to, to remain with their same team. Of those seven, Garrett is the only head coach to not reach a Super Bowl. And when you look at the Cowboys' victories this year, they have the lowest strength of victory win percentage of all of, or of all NFC teams. They have the second lowest victory win percentage. It's at 25.25. They've they haven't def, they haven't defeated a team over 500. I mean, they have wins against the Giants, Redskins, Dolphins, Eagles, Giants again, and the Lions. I mean it's nothing to be proud of. I mean, just because you have six victories, you're over 500. It really means nothing if you can't beat playoff caliber teams when that's the goal to get into the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Winning. Oh, go ahead, Selena.
1: I, I think that for once, what I will say to, you know, to Jerry's point, I think that for once it's a little comforting to have the, the, the blame, I guess, shifted from the players and, it was kind of a moment of realization to where it's not the players it's the coaches i th- i think that him like sort of saying with the amount you know of talent that's on this roster amount amount of talent that we have on this team like i shouldn't be this frustrated and it's like he finally joined Cowboys Nation Twitter. He's finally one of us. Like he finally gets how we feel. And it, it's just it just feels like it's all coming into fruition with Jason Garrett finally, especially with that stat. Like it feels like it's getting the ball moving.
2: Yeah, and I think to that point it's like any game the Cowboys come out and lose, that's all every question is related to some sort of question or uh, coaching debacle. It's like Well, Garrett wasn't aggressive enough. Garrett, um, clock management, uh, special teams coaching. Uh, Why are you continuing to run the ball against uh, Minnesota when they were clearly stopping you? Why are you running it on second and third down after Dak leads you down the field? It's like after every single loss, Jerry is being bombarded with just coaching questions. And he looks like he's finally like, wait a minute, this is – there's a theme throughout all these teams, these recent Cowboys teams, and you've changed offense coordinators. You have a different quarterback, different running back, different receivers, uh, different talent. The one common denominator is the coach, and he's—I guess maybe he's finally seeing that.
0: You know, I think I think you're right. You know, I mean, um, I think—I mean, I'll just say it right now. I think Jason Garrett is not the Cowboys' head coach next season. Um, I mean, I've kind of, I mean, as a non-Cowboys fan, I, I've kind of been lobbying for it for for years now. I mean, probably three or four years, just that, you know, kind of laughing at my friends and telling them, like, you're getting nowhere with this dude, you know, leading the charge. And, you know, just because, you know, Garrett is kind of the puppet to Jerry's puppeteer, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I feel like Jerry realizes, like, just because Garrett's my guy, and I know that you know kind of what I say goes, and he's just gonna, you know, follow my lead. You know, I need, I need, I need a new voice. Um, I don't know who that's gonna be, um, but I think you have. I think Jerry sees the writing on the wall that he has to take advantage of the talent that's on this team. You know, led by Dak and Zeke, and you know Amari Cooper, and you know all these guys that. He has to take advantage of, you know, their primes. And Garrett's not gonna be the guy that's gonna get, you know, this team back to the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's obviously Jerry's number one goal before he goes and it's just not it's time. It's time for Garrett to go.
2: Yeah, I know he had a quote a few years ago um when talking about Tony Romo. And it was like one of his biggest <sighs> biggest regrets is not <laughs> one of his biggest regrets is uh, not winning a Super Bowl with Tony Romo as great as Romo was. Um, so so yeah, it's uh I mean definitely you don't want to waste another quarterback's prime because um, it look, really looks like Dax elevated his game um, to be in that discussion of the elite quarterbacks in the league, um, and you can't waste that. You can't waste two of them.
1: Yeah, I definitely that this game against the Patriots, especially, I've seen a lot of um, Dak criticism, which has been quiet, rather quiet for the past few games. But it's like the criticizing a quarterback playing in that kind of weather, like it just has no no merit to it, no merit whatsoever. And there is a lot of players, including Dak, who I think that we're just. It's just talent that's withering away that we're not maximizing on. And it all just comes back full circle to the coaching.
0: One, one more thing about Garrett. Um, this morning when he was on Sean and RJ. Oh, my God. He said that <laughs> when asked if he, if he and the, co- and the co- Cowboys coaching staff uses win probability stats to help make decisions, Garrett said, we don't use those stats within the game. I mean, they've got to be the, the one team in the league who doesn't use, you know, analytics and win probability stats. And then just
2: Absolutely now, ridiculous. just
0: now, in speaking to the media, um, Sean Sharif just just tweeted this out. Garrett asked by rest of media just now about not using in-game analytics. Garrett said, just not something we think is best for our team. That's just our approach. Different people have different approaches. He's like, he's he should like, be fired on the spot. He's like Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA, preaching about analytics. You know, it's like, it's 2019, man. Like, it's, it's incredible that, that he has this stance. And, I mean, him as a coach and his resume and all the reasons that, you know, we think that he should not be the Cowboys coach anymore. I mean, this should just be the stamp of approval.
2: Yeah, ignoring information is, as a coach, that is the, I mean, that's a bad answer. I mean, that is a horrible answer. It's like, no, I don't want that information. You should leave that as a head coach of an NFL football team in 2019, how can you as a coach put that out there? Like, I mean, you sh- he should have stayed in his robotic answers and like, you know, we try to look at everything and, uh, you know, we work on the, progr- the progress of the team and uh, we'll take all three phases, all the information, you should have stuck with that because that is absolutely ridiculous.
1: That just, it just brings no sort of comfort to fans, to the players. Oh my God, it's it's bad.
0: I mean, and on top of the rumor that the Giants would be interested in hiring Garrett if he was let go, I mean, that should be... Jerry should be like hell yeah. So you're saying that we can get rid of this coach that isn't gonna lead us to the promised land, and then we get to coach against him two times a year? Sign oh yeah, me
2: up. someone that's <laughs> someone that's gonna ignore information. I mean, oh yeah, definitely put him as a division rival with Daniel right Jones, now. and he, he shouldn't have left the podium with a job tonight.
0: And I'm sure Garrett will backtrack tomorrow and be like, well, you know, I mean, we use the, you know, we look at that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, for you know, sure. just like how he did a couple years ago or a couple weeks ago about the um, the accountability thing or the table on Austin fair catch. I mean, he's going to backtrack and this looks terrible. And yeah, I mean, I'm ready to start the the head coaching search now.
2: Yeah, you might as well. I mean, you have a coach that's ignoring information. I mean, what? I've really never heard of such a thing. Like, you know, Belichick said that a couple weeks ago. But everybody knows, I think Kavanaugh had this point, everybody knows that he's analytically, you know, he's ahead of everybody when it comes to analytics. So him saying it being tongue-in-cheek versus Garrett saying it being dead serious because you can tell by the way he coaches he's ignoring something. And now we know he's ignoring very uh, important analytics. Analytic inform- information. So, I mean, he should be fired right now. I mean, that's it. That's enough.
1: Yeah. At first, so at first, because I was listening to Jeff earlier. Also, I think that I think we were listening at the same time, Corey, um, where he was kind of just mentioning, you know, Bill Belichick has this kind of like demeanor where he'll say stuff like that,
2: mm-hmm. but he's not
1: being serious. And with Jason Garrett, I, I think that at first we were everyone just kind of was a little like, what? Like this morning on the show, but now him like repeating it is just kind of it's just it it's set in like oh he he was being serious.
2: Yeah, and it makes um, as empty as Jerry Jones's words are. Uh, his interview tomorrow with Sean and RJ at eight thirty. I mean, that's going to be must listen because I want to because I already know they're going to ask him about that those comments. And I want to see Jerry's approach, because if he comes out and says the same thing, I'm done. Like I can't take it anymore.
0: <laughs> and for what it's worth, you know, off topic of Garrett, um, Clarence Hill uh, just tweeted out that the NFL told the Cowboys today that the tripping penalties should not have been called. Um, oh,
1: my God. So, I mean, Thanks,
2: NFL. Yeah,
0: yeah so, Appreciate I mean, it, it. It means nothing now, but yeah, definitely disappointing. Um
1: the entire world Oh my god. Oh,
0: I really? just I
1: it's just confusing to me how you confuse something so grave as tripping. What what were you looking at?
0: Yeah, I think I think I saw the stats today that a tripping call had been I think it's been it was like five times this year six, in, the, in the whole yeah. league. Yeah. Two against the Cowboys yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was just poor judgment and by the refs. And
2: I think one of the underrated parts of that game yesterday is it looked like Dak was on his way to lead a game-winning drive uh, before that – I think it was third and one when Zeke hurted, um on a passing play and Travis Frederick got called for that tripping. I mean, it seemed like the Cowboys were uh, – the Cowboys and Dak were on their way to – potentially getting into the red zone and then, you know, who knows what, but to put themselves in position to take the lead, and I mean, that—that that is a game-altering call, and um, now the NFL is coming out the day after saying, oops, my bad, okay, cool, appreciate it. Can we replay the game? I mean, it just, it's just ridiculous. I hate those two-minute reports and the, the league's coming out a day later saying, oh, yeah, we made the wrong call, but there's nothing you can do about it. Just move on to Thursday.
1: Sorry. Maybe next time.
2: Yeah, maybe next time we'll call a a holding when it's not really a holding and it's just whatever. NFL is um it's terrible.
1: Just how they ruled that Daz really caught it, but Oh,
2: no, you know. here we go. Yeah, now yeah. Amari I Cooper have, didn't catch it yesterday, though.
0: But I guess right. I guess looking forward to uh to Thanksgiving against the Bills. Um, Wait,
1: hold on. Wait. All right, Corey. Look. Yes. I don't think... Okay. I wouldn't lean that Amari Cooper caught that ball, but how much better, how much more exciting would that game have been if they would have rolled out a a catch? I
2: mean... Like, uh, give us
1: something...
2: Plus a bone we're getting out
1: coached, what are you even guys? talking yeah. about not even that would have been that game would have gone so much more exciting after that like at that point everyone was kind of just like throwing in the towel like all right fuck it
0: well yeah Patriots the game was winning. over after that yeah I mean, yeah, what do you well, mean? yeah gonna gonna get the, the, the right. rest are supposed exactly. to get together and be like hey i know he i know the ball hit the ground, but." Let's make this an exciting game for the Cowboys. No, It wouldn't be the first bad call they made. He didn't catch it. They caught an L. And we okay. Move on to
1: Thanksgiving. okay, referee. So what, they also made a tripping? That was the right call I mean, also? Made,
0: they made the wrong call, yeah. <laughs> but that was a clear not. I mean, that wasn't a catch. Yeah, no, for sure. But, but yeah, Thanksgiving.
2: I had your back on that one, so <laughs> I was going to go with you on that. <laughs>
0: Thanksgiving, Cowboys, Bills. Um, I still can't believe the, the Bills are eight and three. That's incredible to me. Um,
2: yeah, it feels like a fake eight and three. A but, fake eight you know, and three. Y'all what
0: y'all. But I mean, the AFC is pretty pretty weak this year. Um, it looks like they it looks like they're probably a lock to get in um, get one of those two wild card spots. But
2: I would McCoy- say so. Yeah.
0: But what's what's some things that you see that the bills could do that could cause problems for, uh, for the Cowboys? Uh,
2: for me, um, you know, Devin Singletary, I feel like kind of had his coming out party yesterday against Denver. Um, so that gives them the ability to run the football. And then, you know, as far as the receiver goes, you have an explosive receiver, John Brown, um, that Oh, can not, get not Cole easily. Um, Cole Beasley, he'll catch his little seven yard routes. And, um, you know, I I bet there's gonna be extra motivation on his part coming back to Dallas. Um, And I saw Jalen Smith is looking forward to hitting him. So we'll see if he can, he can uh, come through with that. Um, And then, of course, the Bills defense is phenomenal. Uh, So I think, uh, of course, it's gonna be better. What weather conditions? Um, you know, playing at home. So I think uh, I'm looking for the Cowboys offense to have a b- bounce back game, um, but limiting the big plays in the run game and the pass game, um, especially from, you know, Singletary, I mentioned him, but Josh Allen as well is capable of getting loose on you. Um you know, we saw what uh, Driscoll did to us last week. Um, so I think that, I think those things are important to try to get Thanksgiving win.
1: I think the motivation is definitely with the Bills right now. Um I feel like a lot of people are kind of like a reaction, you know, I can't believe the Bills are 8 and 3. I think I think they're kind of just feeding off of that right now and I can definitely see them coming into 18T Stadium just kind of you know, a little with a little bit more hype, especially having Cole Beasley on their end who wants to get like a little revenge on the Cowboys, I guess. But they're also the traveling team, so I look at, it at at from a point to where it's a short week. They're the traveling team. That's not that's not easy for anybody, much less for you know the Bills who are coming into ATC Stadium, where the Cowboys don't necessarily dominate at home. But I think that they're definitely coming into like Corey said, a much better climate, much more comfort for them, a retractable roof, but. I don't, I don't know. I can see this going poorly for the Cowboys, who are kind of just like, eh, it's kind of been pretty crappy for us. I can see them being pretty, like, bummed out and unmotiv- unmotivated on this Thanksgiving week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely a dangerous game for the Cowboys. Um, I mean, being on the short week, um, obviously, you know, game beat on Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. And then you know, coming off this loss, this this ugly loss against the Pats. I mean, added on with all the scrutiny that Garrett is going to be taking, that he's taken today, and he's going to continue to take tomorrow. Um, I don't know, man. This 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 is looking like this might be looking like a loss on Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, Josh Allen, like Corey said, I mean he's he leads the he leads the league in, in uh, rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. He has seven. Um, you know he's he's a dynamic player. Devin Singletary. He's he's kind of a scat back like like Tony Pollard. Um, probably runs between the tackles a little better better. But I mean John Brown. It's going to be interesting to see who lines up across from John Brown. If it's uh, if it's a woozy, then John Brown will probably have a very nice fantasy day. Um it, it, I think it'll be funny seeing seeing Cole Cole Beasley in the slot with Jordan Lewis. Um like y'all said, I feel like Jalen Smith and those boys are gonna wanna put a hit on Cole coming across the middle. Um yeah, it's gonna be I feel like it's gonna be a really close game. The Cowboys definitely need this one. That's uh, a lot more important for the this game's a lot more important for the Cowboys than it is for the Bills, so they definitely need to play like it.
2: Yeah, I'm looking for a, a, a Cowboys team to come out kind of like that Eagles game, and just really just punch a team in the mouth for for a change, you know, punch a winning team in the mouth. And so I think that I think it's important for them to come out with that mentality.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you know, being on Thanksgiving, you know, this is you know this is a big game for the Cowboys. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is always an important game um it's typically at home you know national tv game you don't want to embarrass yourself again like you did last week against the pats
1: is ellie golding still performing on thanksgiving
0: uh i'm not sure that's a good question
1: what'd you say (laughs) corey what did you say i
2: said that's a good question oh Um, i haven't really heard anything um since the the story where it says she may not perform or may cancel or something
1: like right. that. right.
0: Why is that? I didn't see that.
1: So the Salvation Army is kind of like anti LGBT mm. LGBTQ ga- gay people gay yeah, rights. Yeah. <laughs> so she like she made a statement saying pretty much. I guess she hadn't realized like how they don't back them up. So she kind of made a statement saying you know I'm not going to perform unless they issue like a statement endorsing there or something like that, something to that point. But hmm. I haven't heard anything. But she threatened to cancel the entire thing.
0: Interesting. Well, I mean, it should be a your, game.
1: That, that's your pop feed for the night.
0: Yeah, thank you for that, Selena. <laughs> um, but it sounds like you'll have the Cowboys bouncing back and winning this game.
1: Eh.
2: Uh, I'm eh. leaning towards a home team winning just because it's a Thursday, um, but I, I, I'm not confident at all. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Buffalo come in here and shut down the offense again.
1: I just want to eat my Thanksgiving dinner before the Cowboys game, so that it doesn't taste as bad that that much afterwards. Because if we lose, Cowboys have this way of just ruining Thanksgiving sometimes. Mm-hmm. but i don't know this could very easily be one of those times
2: yeah i think this is going to be a 17 to you know, 20 to 17 17 14 you know something
1: of that nature yeah both teams are definitely hungry right now um i think kind of like the Pats game it just kind of nobody was going to give that game they just had to take it i think it's going to be another one of those games
0: See, and these but the- Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, with yeah, I was I was just gonna say add with like a, a lot less of a dominant team.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean and I mean the Cowboys need to be you know aware of the Eagles schedule. They have the Dolphins this week, followed by the Giants and the Redskins. Those should be three wins. Um and then obviously they play Dallas week sixteen. For the Cowboys, they have the Bills this week. Um, and then they follow that up with at Chicago and then home against the Rams. If they mess around, you know, those could be three losses. Um, you know, I don't see, I don't see Trubisky being a threat. So I think that that bears game is a win, although it is another Thursday night game and it's in Chicago. Um, but yeah, this, this feels like a must win for the Cowboys, um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be an interesting one. It should be it should be a fun game. Agreed. But we can move on now to uh, the best team in Dallas sports, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, just finished up a a five game win streak last night or yesterday against the Rockets. Um, play tomorrow against the Clippers, unveiling their new. Uh, New City Edition uniforms at the American Airlines Center. I mean, this is really just all about Luca. I mean, he today it was announced that he won Western Conference Player of the Week, uh, averaging, let's see here, 37 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 11.8 assists. Um, in November, he's averaging just under 33 points, 10.6 rebounds, 10.8 assists. That's a triple-double, ladies and gentlemen. Um yeah, I mean I think I think at this point it's it's clear. I mean, he's he's an all-star. I feel like he's going to be an all-star starter. Um he's clearly an MVP candidate and I think he's right this moment. I think he's a top 5 player in this league. You know, you you have to give him his due. He's been absolutely dominant. Um no defense has been able to stop him. I think in November his his least amount of points in a game was, I think it's 24. Um, yeah, I mean, he's shot better from the free throw line. His, his three-point percentage is up. I mean, he's he's been absolutely phenomenal for the Mavs this year.
2: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I've been just thinking about this, you know, as he's on this incredible tear, is that it feels really nice to have an an NBA superstar in Dallas growing up before our eyes. And it's different from Dirk, I feel like, because as great as Dirk was, I feel like most fans and a lot of the media spent most of their time tearing him down until he got that championship um, in 2011. And I think from day one almost, um, you know, everybody's praising Luca. And I feel like you can put Luca in that conversation with Giannis, LeBron, you know, going way back to, you know, MJ, you know, he's on that type of trajectory um, to where, I mean, we're going to be blessed with him just for, for, you know, hopefully 20, you know, 18 to 20 years. Um, So I just think it's different to have an NBA superstar that everybody's praising versus one that a lot of people try to spend tearing down for most of his career.
0: You know, and I think, you know, with Luca, you know, looking at his stats right now, he's averaging for the season 30.6 points, 10.1 rebounds, 9.8 assists. If you would have asked me, like, hey, do you think Luca can average this at some point in his career? I'd say absolutely. If you would have asked, you think he'll do it in his sophomore season? I'd say no, probably not. And he even kind of said that. Um, talking to to Shams uh, Sharania of the Athletic, um, you know, he said that you know coming into the league, he thought he would be good, but he didn't think that he would be this good this this soon. Um, and it's just crazy to think that he's doing this, you know, in his second season at age twenty years, you know, at twenty years old, when his prime isn't, you know, shouldn't be for another, you know, six or seven years, and. I mean, the way, just the way that he's, like, just taking over the league, really. And, you know, the Mavs have really gotten into a groove. Uh, KP's starting to look better. They just, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s really been a spark since he's been the starting lineup. Him. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Tim deserves some credit when it comes to, you know, he's a streaky shooter. You know, that's really what he is, you know, NBA Twitter and specifically Mavs Twitter. You know, they've they've kind of given him a hard time to start the season, you know, on being, you know, coming off the bench and being in that second unit. You know, a lot of the time he is that that go to score. And there's a lot of the time where he's, you know, forced some shots, um, you know, taking taking some bad, bad shots and with some, you know, hands in his face. But. But when, when you think about putting him in the starting lineup with Luca, Luca's creating those shots for Tim. Tim doesn't have to hunt for those shots and find them himself. He just has to stand in a corner, and Luca will, will draw the attention his way, and he'll kick out to Tim. and, and Tim has been lights out these past three games. And you know, it's funny that you know, game one when Carlisle said that that he didn't think that that Seth should lose his starting spot because he was sick. You know, Tim does it two more times, and we're looking at, you know, Carlisle today saying at practice that Tim is officially in the starting lineup because he's earned it, and he really has. Um, Dodo's played great. Um, you know, the bench as a collective has done well. But, I mean, this is all about Luca, and this train goes as far as Luca takes him.
2: Yeah, and I think Luca at this point has – it feels like this Mavs thing is a lot closer – to being legit contenders than maybe anybody thought coming into the season, because um, I mean now I don't think the question is if the Mavs are going to make the playoffs. I think that the question is, can the Mavs possibly squeak out a home court um, series, you know, by getting you know a, th- a third or fourth seed? Um, so I think it's just the narrative in just a month has kind of shifted, um, and when you talk about the Mavs and then um, just. Like I said, just having a superstar, a legit superstar coming right off of dirt, I mean, it's incredible.
0: It's just crazy to look at, you know, yesterday's game, Mavs playing in Houston, and, you know, you have two of the last three MVPs on the court, and James, Sardin, and Russ, and Luca was the best player on the court by far. It wasn't even a contest. Um, granted, James just had an off game. He shot two of 15 from three. Um, you know, you won't, you likely won't see that again. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he just, he, he, he loves those matchups. You know, he loves the matching up against all-stars and the best players in the league. He loves when the, you know, when you're playing on national television, the lights are bright. Um, you know, he's going to get another chance at that tomorrow against Kawhi and, and Paul George. Um, and that's gonna be a big test tomorrow. Uh, I think, th- I think tomorrow and then Sunday against the Lakers in LA, those are gonna be two tests. Um, you know, I know it's still early in the season, but to kind of, you know, see where the Mavs stand in the Western Conference. Obviously, they had that overtime loss against the Lakers a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think tomorrow is gonna to be really interesting you know, having guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly all get their chance to guard Luka. And you know Beverly's going to get all up in Luka. He's, it's going to frustrate Luka. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see a few technicals thrown out. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait for tomorrow. It's going to be – go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things I've seen from Luka this season is in that Spurs game – um, you know, they were throwing a bunch of different looks at him and one of those looks was putting Patty Mills on him. And I think the impressive thing that I saw in that one was he said, okay, you're gonna put that little guy on me. All right, so I'm gonna go down to this post and I'm gonna start getting buckets down there. And he's just not gonna let little guys um, you know, like Beverly, you know, tomorrow, he's not gonna let them, you know, dictate what he's gonna do. He's gonna go down, okay, if he has a size advantage. All right, I'm gonna take you down to the post, and it just shows his all-around complete offensive game to where, you know, LeBron, you know, was criticized in 2011 because you know he was letting JJ Barea guard him, and um, you know Deshaun Stevenson, all guys that are smaller than him. And I think Luca's game is so mature at this point, at the age of 20, that he doesn't have, he, he he's not scared to go down the post. He doesn't lack that type of game. Um, I mean, his shooting, his playmaking. Um, I mean, it's just all like you said, it's the Lucas, sh- it's the Lucas train, it's the Lucas show, and every night it's must watch for this kid at this
0: point. Yeah, and and I think another positive is you know, he really hasn't been a negative on the defensive end. Um, you, know, you obviously you have him out there with guys like, like KP, you know, defending the rim, um, and then strong defenders like. Like Maxi and, and Dodo, um, so you're able to you know quote unquote hide him on the weaker offensive uh, matchup, but but he really hasn't been you know a negative on the defensive end, and I mean just as a whole, you know this Mavs team is you know obviously they had those two blunders against the Knicks, um, but they've beaten every team that they've supposed that they've been you know favored to beat um, besides those two games against New York. And they've also, you know, shown up in big games against, you know, the Rockets and, you know, and the Nuggets and the Nuggets and you know teams like that. So you know, I think tomorrow's gonna be a big game for the Mavs. Um, and then obviously the Lakers game on Sunday. But yeah, man. I mean, exciting times for the Mavericks. Just just talk about like the best luck in the in the world when you have Dirk for 21 seasons. And then he just gets to hand you know, hand the keys to Luca. You know, there's no drought in the and the organization, there's no, you know, just there was never not a, you know, a sign of hope. You know, there was always light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, with Luca with KP with you know, with this with this whole team, you know, it's you know, really, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, maybe not this year, but you know, I think the Mavs will certainly be contenders um, a lot sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah. And I think um, when you speak of the good fortune, I think you can compare it kind of to Green Bay with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, right. and then the Colts uh, with Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Um, it's not very often where you go from a legend to another, it looks like another legend. Um, so I think he like said that's, I mean, it's great luck, and whatever the Mavs did to um, get that type of luck, you know, I hope it continues, and I think, like you said, they're going to be contenders a lot sooner than uh, I really thought. You know, I thought it would maybe two, three years away, um, but now I'm thinking, you know, if they make the right moves over the next couple of seasons, they're going to be right there mentioned with the both L.A. teams, you know, the Rockets, you know, some people will consider them title contenders, um, so I think their trajectory kind of got expedited because how great Luca is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't say it better myself. So, um, like I said, big game tomorrow, Mavs Clippers, um, and yeah, just if you're not on if you're not on the Luca bandwagon already, then uh, you know you've you've missed your shot. You know the bandwagon is taking off, pedals to the metal, and uh, you know sorry, you can hop on the Trey Young bandwagon. Yeah, But to finish off the pod With Thanksgiving this week We're going to do a little Thanksgiving sides Fantasy draft So the way this is going to work is You know whether So every, all three of us we all have You already have the turkey Or the ham whatever you want And then we each Ham could, Okay ham for you uh, Selena And then <laughs> we each draft three sides And one dessert Whatever order you want um, and I did a random draft order generator earlier, and Corey got the first pick, so it'll go Corey, myself, then Selena, and then we'll do a snake draft. So Selena will draft two times in a row. So Corey, yeah. What's the first pick of the of the Thanksgiving side draft?
2: Uh, there's no question that the Thanksgiving meal is by far my favorite meal. Um, so the first side that I'm going to select is mac and cheese. I love La Long mac and cheese. Um, my cousin Mona makes a great mac and cheese and I'm all about the mac and cheese, so that's where we're going to start.
0: Damn, that's a good one. Um, luckily, that didn't take my my uh, my top prospect off the board. So with the second pick, I'm going to go with stuffing.
1: Mm. I like okay. It. I mean, there's okay. nothing better
0: than my grandma's stuffing. That, like, that is what Thanksgiving is all about to me. She even makes like a, an extra thing of stuffing and hides it in the in the uh, in the oven for like the, oh. for like the, or, like the for like the close family members. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, stuffing is is the number two pick.
1: All right, all right. So we got mac and cheese. We got some stuffing. I, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with my sister's homemade sweet corn
0: sweet corn okay sweet corn so okay
1: it's, it's babe style like if y'all oh, gone, okay. if y'all gone to babe's chicken oh, yeah, yeah. yeah oh my god inject it's so that good. into my veins yeah
0: <laughs> you hey mean, Selena you're going again
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with mashed potatoes, mm, homemade mashed it. potatoes. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So that actually left my second choice, which is. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're, you're jumping me, Corey. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: oh, I got Corey. ahead of myself. <laughs> whoa,
2: Corey. Man. Yeah. I told you Thanksgiving. That's my favorite meal. You're so right, I got a little right. bit excited. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Man, I'm gonna. Man, this is tough. Y'all took y'all took the the three other sides that I wanted. Um. I think I'm gonna go with with uh. Sweet potato casserole, or as some people call it yams, Ooh. with the marshmallows on top. Mm.
1: Ooh.
0: That's okay. what I'm talking okay. about. Okay.
1: You can keep your yams.
0: Good, none for you.
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, and kind of on the same, I don't know if you would consider this the same as jams, but uh, my mother's sweet potatoes uh, with the marshmallows on top would be my second side. Are we counting that as the same as jams? I think we're counting that that as the
0: same, yeah.
2: Okay. All right. So then we're going to go down to the green beans. Not a green bean casserole. Just Mm, typical basic green beans. And um, that's going to be my second side
1: time, mm, okay. Both good. Green. So yes. that leaves one more side, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can do it in whatever order. One more side um, and one more and one more side and then a dessert. All
1: right. So this From, third
2: one is. Oh, uh, I think it's it's me again, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um. So this one's tough because because we're counting sweet potatoes the same as yams. I am going to struggle to find a third side that I am in love with. <laughs> uh, um,
0: what what, was, what so, was... Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: So, if you give me just a second, I'm going to have to go stalling? back to my draft board. <laughs> I'm going back to my draft board. This is a tough oh decision. God. I think we're on the clock for, what, 60 seconds? Dude, this, um, this, is the part, so, this is
0: the part of the, the draft where they go to the commercial break. And it says that the, the pick is in, but you but we got to wait until the commercial breaks back. Right,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, so I am going to go with roasted carrots. Um which, which is another one of my favorites uh, on my Thanksgiving meal. So that's going to be my third and final side. So we're going to go mac and cheese, green beans, and then the roasted carrots okay
0: let's see i'm gonna jump i'm going i'm going to my dessert right now we're going with we're going with
1: uh pecan pie okay classic classic um i'm going to go with a sweet potato pie
0: love that And then your last, your last side, Selena.
1: My
0: last
1: side. You know what? I'm gonna go with Hawaiian rolls.
0: Nah, come on, man. (laughs) I like it.
1: (laughs) King's Hawaiian rolls, to be exact.
0: Damn, that was gonna be my last pick. Mm. Damn, I messed up the draft board.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, we're gonna since I'm gonna go with um it's I'm gonna go with twice baked potatoes. Twice
1: baked potatoes. It's like a
0: okay. it's a baked potato, you bake it and then you Twice. Yeah, you bake it and then you like uh you scoop out all of the potato and then you mix in like cheese. Butter, sour cream, bacon bits, and then you bake it again.
1: Oh, that sounds good. It's fire. Who makes that?
0: My girlfriend. is fire.
1: Damn, that sounds good. Yeah.
0: Y'all took my mashed potatoes, so I had to. I had to improvise.
1: Yeah, <laughs> kind. Of, I mean, kind of one in the same,
0: a little yeah, bit. Right. All right, Corey. What's your dessert?
2: All right, my dessert is going to have to be my mother's peach cobbler yeah love it so Uh, much that's like the number one thing is my mom's sweet potatoes and peach cobbler those are the two things that you can guarantee that we're gonna have every holiday christmas thanksgiving every time it's uh it's her famous peach cobbler so uh, that's definitely gonna be my dessert
1: Dude, I love peach cobbler, but I only like it homemade, but we don't make it. Like, nobody here Mm, at my house, like, nobody makes it. But it's so damn good. It is. I'm going to need you to save me a slice.
2: I don't share my peach cobbler. (laughs) Uh, Look, uh, I'll put the money (laughs) down
1: for this peach cobbler.
2: Okay, now we're talking. (laughs) I can I'll sell it, though.
1: Your mom has no idea. You're over here slanging her peach cobbler. Yeah, right?
0: Well, that does it for the draft. To recap, we got Corey with – you doing turkey or ham?
2: Uh, I am doing both. Um, But if I had to choose, I would probably lean towards ham.
0: So we got Corey with the ham, green beans, roasted carrots, and the peach cobbler. We got me with turkey, stuffing, sweet potato casserole, pecan pie, and twice-baked potatoes, and Selena's with the ham, sweet corn, mashed potatoes, sweet potato pie, and Hawaiian rolls. Man, I wanted those Hawaiian Damn.
1: rolls. I don't know. I feel like that kind of won this drop. I don't know. I'm I'm looking real good on the board right now.
2: Uh, I mean, I would, I would
0: eat all these Thanksgiving's, let's be honest.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: But, I mean, that does it for today. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, you can follow us at Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at the Mulf on Twitter and InstaMolf on Instagram. Selena Corey, where can they can they follow you?
1: Follow me. Instagram, Twitter at six Sixtos. Have a happy Thanksgiving, guys.
2: And you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at the Mr. Douglas. And I want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving and hopefully the Cowboys don't ruin your Thanksgiving.
1: Good night, everybody.
0: See y'all later. Gobble, gobble.